1: Hello, Hi. Welcome back to Wheel Takes, a podcast about the Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. I'm Gus, and I've read every Wheel of Time book.
2: And I'm Allie, and I am on book five, chapter something. Fifty. Fifty. Big (laughs) five-o.
1: This podcast only contains spoilers for what Allie's already read most of the time, but not today. I mean, it does, but it's even more restricted.
2: (laughs) Because it's up until... Where we're at it's in It's an this Eye of the book. World
1: episode, that's yes. right. It's a going back and doing Eye of the World episode. Because so Gus the... and
2: I didn't have a podcast when we read Eye of the World. No. Uh,
1: Actually, I...
2: that's how we started the podcast.
1: Legitimately thought at that point that we'd do like two or three episodes per book.
2: <laughs> what,
1: what the fuck <laughs> was I thinking? Look at
2: us now.
1: This episode only contains spoilers until you hear the spoiler siren through book one chapter
2: now it's gus's turn to not know
1: uh god i'm terrible at this 25 which is called the traveling people nice. then there's then there's gonna be spoiler siren and then it's like anything is fair game through book five chapter 50. nice and by the way if you didn't know this because if you're just listening to the eye of the world episodes you should know after we finish book five we're gonna go back and do a new spring but don't worry, we won't spoil New Spring in this series either.
2: It's true. Allie. Yes.
1: It is, once again, a day wherein we record. Y- yes. This happens frequently. Have you noticed this? Yes. I'm shocked.
2: Are you tired today? I'm
1: exhausted all <laughs> the time. Uh, where did we leave off?
2: Uh, it's harder now because there's two. Yes. The chapter was called
1: Wolf Brother.
2: We bet Elias Machira.
1: Elias Machira, that's right. And anything else? Perrin,
2: Perrin probably is a can talk man. to wolves. Yeah. Teen Wolf.
1: Which is what you called him at the time, and will probably continue now to call Now he's more him...
2: like Man Wolf. Well,
1: it has been five whole books. If he's still around, he would be Man Wolf.
2: He's like Jacob from yeah. Twilight.
1: But not, because... Teen he... Jacob. I mean, he's less, less creepy than Edward, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but then he marries a baby. But then spoilers he, for Twilight. He I don't I'm marry not gonna...
2: a baby. It's very complicated. It's a lot, but also it is weird and creepy. <laughs>
1: yeah. Did you know? Apparently, um, Twilight started as Harry Potter fan fiction,
2: kind of. This I've heard. Yes.
1: And then Fifty Shades started as Twilight fan fiction. So Harry Potter is directly responsible for Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how true that is. I think it's so true. So what
2: was happening in those common rooms?
1: Oh my God. The fucking speculation I've heard people make
2: is great. I mean, like they're completely unsupervised kids with access to the opposite gender's bedroom pretty easily. It's a boarding school. It's a co-ed boarding school. From what i heard of boarding schools, shit gets crazy. Oh yeah, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does.
1: Anyway, chapter 24 of book one, The Eye of the World, is called Flight Down the Arenal Alley. Mm. This is the chapter logo. What's this? It's a harp. It is indeed a harp. It is also a uh, Rand chapter. Uh-huh. It's been a couple minutes since we've seen him. It was every day, all day, every day. Wake up in the morning, Rand, go to bed in the evening, Rand, have lunch, Rand, Exhausting. midday snack, Rand, and then then we got Perrin, and we got Nine Eve, and now we're back with Rand. Now we're
2: back with Rand again. We gotta check back in with the redhead.
1: Yeah. Uh, the probably main character.
2: I mean, come on.
1: He's narrated most of the first book so far, so I, I don't think know. At uh, this time going to call like, anybody a main character. Who's the
2: magic boy? Couldn't possibly be the narrator, mm-hmm. could it?
1: Well, maybe but there's we'll not find a magic out. boy. There could be no magic boy. Oh,
2: pff, gosh. Okay. If there were no magic boy, there would be no book.
1: Rand's having a dream. Uh, he be is- Pate.
2: Isn't his name Oh, Pate? yeah,
1: Pate, the stableman. Stable. How the fuck do you remember that?
2: Because his name sucks. Uh, sure. I'm like, who looked at a baby? No, wait, it's not Pate. What? Who's the who's the little boy who tripped down the stairs? Who's stumbly ass?
1: Drunk ass Ewan. Ewan.
2: Ewan Fingar. Ewan McGregor.
1: Yeah, who we just decided was lit because he carried the apple brandy down the stairs and
2: oh, he must have been lit. Chugged it. Lit tit Ewan.
1: Indeed, Rand's having a dream. Allie, he's uh he's running around. Hollow splashes echoing and re-echoing, losing their source forever. There were stone bridges and railless ramps everywhere, all sprouting off from broad, flat-topped stone spires, all polished and smooth and streaked with red and gold. Level on level, the maze stretched up and down through the murk without any apparent beginning or end. Every bridge led to a spire, every ramp to another spire, other bridges. Whatever direction Rand looked, as far as I could make out in the dimness, it was the same, above as well as below. So, uh, some of those ramps led to platforms that had to be directly above the ones below. He could not see the base of any of them. So he's running, frantically, no matter where he goes. Presumably this is a dream. Obviously it's a dream, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, what I've is... had this dream. What the fuck is with this weird M.C. Escher area he's in?
2: M.C. Escher? Yes. What is M.C. Escher? You
1: don't know M.C. Escher? No. You definitely know Escher. Who? Escher. He, he was, uh... An artist who did geometric pattern paintings. Um, you've seen it. It's so, like the staircases up and down the oh, walls.
2: Oh, 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 oh. Yes. Yeah, you know Escher. Yes, yes, He
1: also made uh, the print that I had in college of the Space duck. duck.
2: Space Duck. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and every time we would pass it, everyone had to yell, hail, all space hail duck. Space Duck. Yeah. Yep.
1: Uh, I should probably put that on Instagram now. He sees something moving and he stops. And uh, is a guy walking up a ramp a ways away. Looking back and forth, probably looking for Rand. It's definitely Baalzaman. So Baalzaman is hunting Rand through this weird, creepy Escher maze place.
2: Well that's creepy as Yeah,
1: that's deeply unsettling. And uh as long no matter what he's trying to get away from it, but he can't stop thinking about Matt. He's like, Shit, why am I thinking about Matt? Is Matt in here? Is Matt in there? Or are there two mazes? Two Baalzamans whose mind skittered away from Ooh, that. It was creepy. too dreadful to dwell on.
2: That's because they're all they're all having the same dream.
1: Is this like Bearlawn? Then why can't he find me? That was a little better. A small comfort. Comfort? Blood and ashes. Where's the comfort in it? So, yeah. Long dream. He's running away. Uh, he thinks this must be a nightmare. And then he goes, wait, 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 don't think that. Because what happens whenever he thinks this must be a nightmare?
2: Um, it becomes an even bigger nightmare.
1: Every time he allowed himself to think of what surrounded him as a dream, the air shimmered, clouding his eyes. It turned to gel holding him. Just for an instant. Weird. Deeply unpleasant. What's up with that? Bad dream? Real dream? Dream with some reality to it?
2: I think dream with some reality to it. Right? Because we had the rat back thing.
1: Right. We know there's uh, there's some connection. Uh, I'm just saying. He's having a terrible time. All that to say. All of a sudden, he's in this area where... What, what, what do we have here? Furious, steely clouds streaked with black, but not a breath of air stirred in the maze. For a moment, he thought it had been different, but the thought evaporated in the heat. He'd been here a long time. It was dangerous to think. He knew that. So apparently the landscape is sort of changing around him.
2: We hate that.
1: Yes, we do. That's a dream for you. No, thank you. Dusty, dry. Uh, there's a wall of thorns. In fr- so this is a lengthy nightmare, right? He's trying to get away from Baalzum, and now he's in like a thorn hedge maze thing.
2: Um. He- Hedge mazes are terrifying. Oh yeah, nightmarish. I don't, I, I don't appreciate them. Everyone's always like, let's go in this corn maze. I'm like, or we could not and live.
1: Uh, there's these round, smooth stones on the ground, and as he's walking by, he accidentally upturns one, and it's a fucking skull.
2: Oh, he's that's like, cute. Oh,
1: this is awful. This is terrible. Cute, I gotta cute. get the fuck out of here. Cute. A stray thought took vague shape that things might not be what they seemed, but he pushed it down ruthlessly.
2: I think thinking
1: I, was dangerous here.
2: I think I hate mazes in part because I'm neurodivergent, so I don't remember where I'm going or where I've been ever. That's a real thing, and so like I, I get turned around in those so in a matter of seconds. Because I don't focus,
1: don't Fair know what shit is. I get lost in mazes too. Yeah. If so, I were on Survivor and they did the maze challenge, I'd be fucked.
2: Mazes are ableist. Continuing.
1: <laughs> um,
2: Let's add it to the list.
1: He's pricked his finger, by the way, on one of these thorns, and he's bleeding, and uh, sucking on his finger trying to get the blood to stop, and he's running to try to get out, and then all of a sudden he's just directly in front of Balzaman, and Balzaman no! is like, "Oh shit." No! And then flames roar in his eyes, and he goes, How long do you think you can evade me, boy? Wait, so
2: that's kind of funny because he didn't expect he him to. He absolutely
1: get him. did not expect to just butt headfirst into Rand. Ridiculous. How long do you think you can evade your fate? You are mine. And Rand is like, Why? I, I wish I had I kind a of sword. hoping
2: to evade it indefinitely.
1: And he keeps saying, Light, help me. And he goes, the light will not help you, boy, and the eye of the world will not serve you. He said the title of the book. We said the
2: title of the book.
1: You are my hound. And if you will not course at my command, I will strangle you with the corpse of the great serpent. And What? But Baalzaman, like, tries to grab him. And then Rand is like, oh, I know how to wake up. And he goes, I am dreaming. And then he's in a different place. Uh Oh. Kind of. It's very confusing. Like, these rules do not make sense.
2: It's, it's dream
1: logic. It's utter dream logic right now, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he's surrounded by mirrors. And there's 10,000 Rans looking at him, but then, of course, there's also 10,000 Baalzemans looking at him, and he's like, oh, no, I've made it worse. He found himself staring at the reflection of his own face, pale and shivering in the knife-edge cold. Baalzemans' image grew behind his, staring at him, not seeing, but staring still, In every mirror, the flames of Baalzaman's face raged behind him, enveloping, consuming, merging. He wanted to scream, but his throat was frozen. There was only one face in those endless mirrors. His own face, Baalzaman's face, (gasps) one face. They're the same?
2: (gasps) Oh. And then
1: he wakes up. Creepy. Creepy.
2: Creepy paper.
1: Yeah. we. uh, we, That's what we
2: do in the shadows (laughs) reference.
1: What do we think of this dream? It's running from Ballsman, Ballsman kind of not knowing where he is either, and then weird mirror shit.
2: I mean, it doesn't seem like Ballzman has that much control over where he brought Rand.
1: <sighs> Seems like not
2: because the production value was amateurish.
1: It was pretty fucking goofy,
2: right? Because because Rand just stumbled his ass upon him yeah. when Ballsman wasn't ready, and the no. Ballsman was like, "Shit, my what? dramatic entrance is ruined." Yeah.
1: I don't get to flourish my cape at all.
2: Yeah, it kind of feels like, you know, a community theater production.
1: A little bit. Nothing wrong with community theater. but Everything
2: the wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it feels like, like a bad improv show.
1: I get that. Yeah. Can I have yeah. a suggestion? Hedgethorn Maze. I heard Hedgethorn. <laughs> dildo. Shut up.
2: It's like one of those hilarious community theaters where like they have a lot of money so the sets are really amazing uh, but the actors that keep missing their entrances and stuff cuz yeah. they're all kind of drunk backstage. Yeah, cuz they're just cause they're, they're all they're just just having like a good fucking accountants time. Accountants having a good time. Yeah. Um but oh, have you ever seen um what what was it called? It's called uh like Community Theater Beast. No. I think it's is what it's called. Okay, there's a tumbler of just Beauty and the Beasts, like the Beast costume design for community theaters. Oh, that
1: sounds amazing.
2: Oh, it's called Low Budget Beast.
1: So could this be just a dream? Um, I should say, how do we know that this is not just a dream?
2: I just feel like, oh, no, there's something. He's like, he's bleeding.
1: Yeah, he pricked his finger and he wakes up on the spray and he's like, ah, what a terrible dream that was. And then he puts his finger in his mouth. He's like, "Oh no. It was blood." So that was a dream. Uh and now we're heading down river on the spray. Domon wants to go fast as fuck, boy. And uh uh fast as fuck, boy. Yeah. Uh by night a man in the bows cast a tallowed lead by lantern light, calling back the depth to the steersman, while the current carried her down river against the wind, with the sweeps pulled in. There were no rocks to fear in the Aranel, but shallows and shoals there were a plenty, where a boat could go hard aground to remain. Bows bows and more dug into the mud until help came. If it was help that came first.
0: <gasps> mm. Yes.
1: Pirates
2: Pirates Preferably the pirates in the Veggie Tales, who don't do anything. <laughs>
1: uh how's domon as a captain he's good he's good he's a very um he's capable. punishing captain punishing right he is he is does not brook any nonsense we know he's putting florin gelb off the ship bale's not a guy who suffers fools nah he, he doesn't give a he nor his aged grandmother he he is uh he has no no time for bullshit
2: um and grandma calls him up and is like Guess who died today and he's like, Grandma I don't have fucking time for you and your sad she tales. Goes, it was
1: me, I'm a ghost.
2: It it was me. Uh the ghost of your grandmother.
1: What is the net effect of Bale Domon's aggressive driving of his crew? What is the That Tom picks up on very quickly.
2: Mm. Uh fuck. Um good quiz. Uh is he doing something he shouldn't be doing? Doma? Yeah, he's scared. He's nervous. No. what is the net effect
1: of his being a very severe captain? Everyone needs entertainment. There might be a mutiny.
2: No. There's like
1: definitely some weird mumblings going oh, no. on. Uh, the crew kept their grumbles quiet, watching out of the corners of their eyes to make sure Captain Domon was not close enough to hear, but he seemed to hear everything said on his boat. Each time the grumblings began, he silently brought out the long, scythe-like sword and cruelly hooked axe that had been found on the deck after the attack. He would hang them on the mast for an hour, and those who had been wounded would finger their bandages and the mutterings quieted—for a day or so, at least. Rand noticed that Tom Marilyn stayed clear of the crew when they began whispering together and frowning, though usually he was slapping backs and telling jokes and exchanging banter in a way that put a grin on even the hardest-working man. Tom watched those secretive mutters with a wary eye while appearing to be absorbed in lighting his long-stemmed pipe or tuning his harp.
2: Well, yeah, because when things get stabby, you don't want to be in stabby range. Yeah. That's all I'm saying.
1: Um, Friendly stabs. Florin Gelb is still like, hey, what if we just threw those three off the ship?
2: What is your deal? What is your deal?
1: What do we know of them? The Trollocs came with them. That's what we know. They're in a league.
2: I think if we were in a league they wouldn't have been chasing us. They would have been hanging out with us. I feel like if Trollocs are chasing you, that should be empirical evidence that you're probably not a bad dude. Yeah. Right? Am I wrong? Can I get a heck yeah? Heck yeah. Thank you. Uh, How
1: does the crew feel about Gelb?
2: I mean, Gelb sucks.
1: Gelb sucks, and the crew no fucking No one likes hates Gelb. Um,
2: Good news for Bail
1: The crew is like, hey, dickhead. Thanks for being asleep on watch when the Trollocs showed up, mm-hmm. you clown.
2: Yeah. How do you simultaneously have a beautiful and ugly name? <laughs> okay, because we got Florin, which you're like, oh, that's nice. And then Gelb? What, what's going on?
1: Gelb found himself relegated to solitary tasks, all of them filthy. Soon, he stopped talking to anyone. His shoulders took on a defensive hunch, and injured silence became his stance. The more people watching, the more injured, though it earned him no more than a grunt. When Gallup's eyes fell on Rand, however, or on Matt or Tom, murder flashed across his long-nosed face. Got to point out that he's got a big nose cuz that's Robert Jordan always has to point Robert out. Robert Jordan's when a always has like big ass nose.
2: Motherfucker has a schnoz. Yeah. Schnoz for days.
1: Uh Rand and Matt go up to Tom, they're like, "Hey, um should we be like worried about that?" And what is what does Tom say? Solid maybe? Said that? No, absolutely not. That oh. guy, absolutely what a he's he's toothless. Okay. What we should be worried about is the rest of the crew forgetting that they're running hard from trollocs and getting tired of working really hard and going like maybe we kill Bale Delmon and throw these kids off the ship.
2: And that's a reasonable thing to be concerned about.
1: If they mutiny, boy, and they won't leave passengers behind to tell the tale. The queen's writ might not have much force this far from Camelin, but even a village mayor'll do something about that. And Rand is like, "Oh God, oh God, start playing music." Which is what Tom does. He goes hard into gleaming, uh, and he starts teaching Rand and Matt. Right? Training montage. Yeah, because what's uh, what's their, what's their cover story? I'm a gleaming. Oh yeah, black, and, black, and black, these black, are my flat, apprentices. Black. Yes, and these and are my apprentices.
2: And then it's a training montage. Hey Google. Play Take On Me. That's the montage movie.
1: Um, and, (laughs) uh, Matt is like, really fucking hammering me on this juggling shit, and then Tom blows out his mustaches and goes, I don't know how to play at teaching, boy. I either teach a thing, or I don't. Now, even a country bumpkin ought to be able to do a simple handstand. Up you go.
2: I guess I'm worse than a country bumpkin. I know. I can't even do a cartwheel.
1: You didn't have to do handstands when we did gymnastics in college? I did.
2: Uh, I did, but um, I didn't do them well.
1: Ah. I got really good at handstands for a while there. Really? Yeah, I really actually enjoyed them quite a lot.
2: I kept falling over.
1: I haven't done one in like 10 years, but yeah. Well, you you do. You're supposed to fall over in a controlled fashion to get out of it.
2: Yes. Um. I didn't fall in a controlled fashion. Oh, you just
1: thumped down? I thumped a lot. I see. Um, Rand is just kind of looking out at shore every day, like, maybe I'll see Gwen, you know, that would be cool, but I won't probably, but they might be dead and moods and, oh no. Uh, which is fair. And, uh, we see some sights on the way down the river, because this is a world with a lot of, uh, history to it.
2: Yeah, we see, um, uh, what? stone figures yeah
1: statues you know gives me lord of the rings vibes
2: it gave me um what are those like soldiers in the terracotta Terracotta soldiers yeah
1: well these are a hundred feet tall
2: okay so it doesn't give me that
1: (laughs) um they've been slowly eroded away by the by the water they're ancient they've been there for ages no idea who they are but there they are
2: maybe we'll find out who they are eventually
1: what else do we see
2: uh, big black tower thing.
1: Big metal-looking tower thing, mm-hmm. right? No uh, idea what that is. Another time, when the eastward shore had become flat grassland again, broken only occasionally by thickets, the sun glinted off something in the distance. What can that be? Rand wondered <laughs> aloud. It looks like metal. And Bale Doman walks up and looks at it and looks around and goes, It do be metal. A tower of metal. I've seen it close up, and I know. River, mark- river traders use it as a marker. We'd be ten days from Whitebridge at the rate we go. And Matt Rand is like, what? A what? A big fu- Like, that's, it's just a big ass metal tower? Yep. There's no door. And Matt is like, that's interesting. And Bale Duman goes, aye, shining steel by the look and feel of it, but no a spot of rust. 200 feet high it be, as big round as a house with no mark on it and never an opening to be found. And um, Matt hears that about- That sounds ominous. Well, you'd think ominous, but Matt predictably hears about an ominous thing. And what does he say?
2: I want to go in. I
1: bet there's treasure inside.
2: And and this is when I lost all patience. <laughs> something
1: like that. Must have been made to protect something valuable. Baldoman goes, mayhap, lad. There'd be stranger things in the world than this, though. On Tremulking, one of the Seafolk's isles, there'd be a stone hand, 50 feet high, sticking out of the hill, clutching a crystal sphere as big as this vessel.
2: Matt would be the type to, like, rob a grave.
1: Oh, well, uh, yeah. Kind of, yeah. maybe.
2: He would rob a grave, for sure. He would take, like the wedding ring off of a dead woman's hand. He's that shady sometimes.
1: I don't know about that, but well, he's certainly coming across one, that way so far.
2: Book one, Matt.
1: Um, it's a big-ass stone hand holding a globe on Tremulking.
2: Well, I think his thing would be like, she's not using it.
1: That's true. And Domon goes, there'd be treasure under that Love, There'd be treasure anywhere, but the island people want no part of digging there. And the seafolk care for naught but sailing their ships and searching for the Coramor, their chosen one. Matt goes. i f- I'd fucking. Go. Let's go there now. I'll dig for shit. Let's roll.
2: There's a lot of chosen ones.
1: So, yeah. Well, there's one so far.
2: Well, there's a dragon reborn. And Is that apparently- a chosen one? I mean, it sounds like a curse. Okay. Well, it's it's a special human. Sure. What's the core more?
1: The sea folk chosen one.
2: Okay. So they're Jesus.
1: But Everyone's apparently.
2: looking for Jesus.
1: Dumb on and they talk a little bit more, and they're like, we're not fucking going there, no. Um, Domon also says, no, lad. It'll be the treasure that makes for seeing the world. If you find yourself a fistful of gold or some dead king's jewels, all well and good, but it'll be the strangeness you see that pulls you to the next horizon. In Tanchico, uh, uh, that'd be a port on the Arith Ocean. Part of the Panarch's palace were built in the age of legends, so it be said. There's a wall there with a frieze showing animals no man living has ever seen. Rand is like, whatever. It's a fucking doodle who gives a shit.
2: He's just trying to educate you, country bumpkin.
1: Anybody can draw things. And Rand goes, I lad. Or sorry, Domon goes, I lad, so they can. But can a child make the bones of those animals? In Tanchico, they have them. All fastened together like the animal was. They stand in a part of the Panerx Palace where any can enter and see. So like Sue. Yeah, like Sue the dinosaur in Chicago. Mm -hmm. The breaking left a thousand wonder. What do you think of these dinosaurs?
2: Could be dinosaurs.
1: The break and left a thousand wonders behind, and there have been half a dozen empires or more since, some rivaling Arter Hawkwings, everyone leaving things to see and find. Light sticks and razor lace and heart stone, a crystal lattice covering an island, and it hums when the moon is up. A mountain hollowed into a bowl, and in its center a silver spike a hundred spans high, and any who comes within a mile of it dies. Rusted ruins Damn. and broken bits and things found in the bottom of the sea, things not even the oldest books know the meaning of... I've gathered a few myself. Things you never dreamed of in more places than you can see in ten lifetimes. That would be the strangeness that'll draw you on.
2: So, Mildoman, ever consider a career in storytelling?
1: Yeah, because you're good at it, dude. You're I love, I good love listening it. to him talk.
2: Being a captain seems like it sucks.
1: Travel around and just become a, the dude with the axe. They have a job like that. It's called gleeman. gleeman. Rand is like, oh, we've done that. We found bones up in the hills. It's like a giant fish bone once.
2: No. No.
1: I bet that was a whale rib.
2: Really? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah.
1: We can talk about why in the spoiler section. It's not really spoilery. I'm just going to err on the side of caution.
2: Okay. Um, Was well, it because once God sent a flood and-
1: No, it's because- He
2: sent us a rainbow to remind us he wouldn't flood you know things how, again? Well, I
1: can talk about that. You know how men broke the world And whatever? then he was fake because we have floods all the time? <laughs> you know how Aes Sedai broke the world or whatever? Uh- They've talked about that at this point. Yeah. The ice that I went yeah, crazy. Yeah, and broke yeah, 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 yeah. Because of the dragon. Mm-hmm. That fucked up the topography to no level. So, like, ocean floor could totally be a mountain now. Hmm. And Domon is like.
2: Climate changes a bit.
1: <laughs> Domon goes like, you can go home one day and you're gonna be like, damn, this place sucks. I've, I've, been, I've done way too much. And Ren's like, what? No. I, I
2: bet that will happen. I will
1: never change.
2: After 15 books, I bet that will happen.
1: I will go home one day. When I can, I'll raise sheep like like my father. And if I ever leave again, it'll be too soon. Isn't that right, Matt? Frodo couldn't go home either. And Matt goes, what? Oh, yeah, of course, we'll go home. Of course. I bet he just doesn't want anybody else going after the treasure.
2: I don't think that's what it is. I think he genuinely can't find a way in. What do you think about all this stuff?
1: All these um, artifacts and this little sojourn into history?
2: uh vague
1: mythological at history at the time
2: or now at the time the time it was all kind of like more words i don't know yeah well, well i mean
1: what do you think there has been a lot of speculation on the bowl hollowed into a mountain with a spike coming out of it
2: a bowl hollowed into a mountain yeah with a, a massive
1: bowl hollowed out? into a mountain a, sorry that massive mountain hollowed into a bowl with a giant spike coming out of the middle of it and anyone who gets close to it dies
2: It's radioactive.
1: Right. A lot of people think it might be a giant satellite dish.
2: Well, okay, I was going to say. Yeah. But why would they die if they got close to it?
1: If it's still active, if it's broadcasting some kind of bad radiation, I don't know. There's no real evidence of this, and I think Jordan has even said, like, nope. But, uh, I like the idea. Huh. Do you think we'll ever see any of these things?
2: Yeah, for sure. Anyway. Yeah, we're not world building for our health here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh few days later rand is on top of the mast he's just climbed all the way up the mast and he's like swaying in the breeze laughing giggling having a great time the wind is mad it's fit rand did i say mad i meant rand yeah winds in his face uh he's like oh the boat is so tiny all the way down there i'm so high up this you're is gonna great. die um uh, everyone working on stuff and look he's looking down at them thinking they look like ants and then he uh He's sitting on, like, a small crossbeam on the sail, and he he's also hugging it. And then he's like, you know what? And he just lets go, and he sits there like, "Whee!" spread eagle, splayed out.
2: I believe I got mad at him when I heard this. I was like, what is this idiot doing?
1: For three complete arcs, he kept his balance like that. Then suddenly, it was gone. Arms and legs windmilling, he toppled forward and grabbed the forestay. Legs splayed to either side of the mast, nothing holding him to his precarious perch, but two hands on the stay. He laughed gulping huge breaths of the fresh, cold wind. He laughed with the exhilaration of it. And then all of a sudden, lad, came Tom's hoarse voice. Lad, if you're trying to break your fool neck, don't do it by falling on me. And Rand looks down and Tom has climbed up to him. And he's like, hey, Tom, what are you doing? Tom's like, you drunk? What is going on? And you wouldn't pay any attention to the people shouting at you. Burn me, boy. You've got everybody thinking you've gone mad. And Rand looks down and he's like, Oh, everybody's looking at me.
2: Hey Gus, what happens to men who can channel?
1: They well, um, they have reactions to it. Is that this what you're is, getting at?
2: This is my reaction. This is my reaction when uh this happened. I went, mean, what happens to men who can channel? Because we know they go Sometimes they go mad. Insane. Uh Aww, we also know Is he going mad? Well we also know um
1: that as you start channeling, you you have reactions after you channel for a while.
0: Mm-hmm
2: past Sally says don't listen to Gus and his Gus lighting (laughs) Um, follow your gut what do you think
1: everybody is staring at Tom like at Rand and Rand is still like giggling and he turns around and he goes you want me to come down then (laughs) and Tom is like uh huh yeah yeah climb the fuck down
2: Mm -hmm. because Gus at the time I kept going this boy can channel and Gus goes no I don't know I don't know
1: and Rand goes "All right, evidence and he jumps up Onto his feet Mm -hmm. and uh, jumps off the mast and then hangs off the forestay by his arms.
2: What is this dumbass doing? He
1: goes, I'm going down now. And then he starts climbing down a rope and slides down by hooking one leg over the rope, letting go of it with his arms and sliding down it.
2: Kind of like we did with the Spanish web. Uh, But there was like a very soft and cushy landing.
1: A little bit. Did you
2: do the Spanish web? I did the
1: Spanish web, yeah. Oh, That is a gymnastics thing. I fell. Ooh, ow. I almost
2: crushed David.
1: Rand uh, lands on the deck and he does like a flourish and like four people clap. Like, what the fuck was that? But he's landed right next to Matt and he's looking down at Matt and he notices a certain something in Matt's hands, Allie. Is
2: it a dagger? It's a
1: dagger with a ruby hilt on it.
2: I can't with either of these boys. Oh my god, they give me heart palpitations.
1: And Rand goes, where'd you get that? You didn't take it from Shatter Logoth, did you?
2: What do you fucking think?
1: Matt just goes, it's your fault, yours and Perrin's. What? The two of you pulled me away from the treasure, and, and I had it in my hand. Mordeth didn't give it to me, I took it.
2: Oh my god. So, Moran's warnings about his gifts
1: don't count. What? You won't tell anybody, well, Rand. I- they might try to steal it. And Rand goes, Oh, no, no, for sure. No, absolutely. Like, we're to, like, absolutely, totally, you and me, totally fine, totally secret.
2: If there are any young people listening,
1: don't do this.
2: And I hope there aren't because you our shouldn't because is we swear enough. a lot. Um, <coughs> if your friend tells you not to tell somebody something, not to tell an adult something, uh, typically you should think twice about maybe telling an adult.
1: Yeah. So um, I remember looking forward to getting to this point in the first read i was so angry because you just started going no oh my god this dumbass and that is where your matt nickname the dumbass, the dumbass was born of
2: i stand by it because
1: this is is this a smart decision by any no no this is the stupidest fucking thing
2: no i believe actually this was the rant that started the podcast
1: this may have this was is one so, of the rants that I, this started was the, the podcast. first time
2: i turned to you and said pause yeah and then I went on, I believe, a 45 it was like eight minute, minute rant. It was a lengthy rant. I, I don't think it was eight minutes. I think it was like 45 minutes of me just cr- screaming about but these books. At boys. that
1: point, I was like, oh shit, she hates the books. She's not into it. And I go, so do you, we can no. stop listening. You were like, oh my God, no, turn it back on.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I was like, no, I just have to be, I just have to get out my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't hate the books. I still don't hate the books. In fact, I maybe like them
1: maybe like them. We've done 130-something episodes. I enjoy
2: the book. Uh, you were right. And that's the last time you'll ever hear <laughs> it.
1: Rand is like, well, we could probably tell Domon, maybe, not Gal, but I don't know about that. And Matt goes, not anybody, not Domon, not Tom, not anybody. We're the only two left from Emmons Field, Rand. We can't afford to trust anybody else.
2: What, What does he think Perrin and Egwene are just dead? Yes,
1: he's written them off for dead.
2: Wow, what a friend.
1: <laughs> and then Rand is like, no, and Matt looks kind of embarrassed and rand goes i'll keep your secret though just the two of us well at least we don't have to worry about money now we can sell it for enough to travel to tar valon like kings and matt just kind of looks at rand for a little while and then he goes of course
2: my precious if we have to
1: just my, don't tell anybody my precious it's very Gollumy a little my, my bit rand. precious and rand is like hey real quick question dreams Enough with the dagger that you got from the cursed balloon animal, man.
2: I think we should go back about the dagger. Should we talk
1: about dreams now? Have you been having dreams, and has he? Yep. Kind of maybe, yes, but I don't want to talk about it. And then Tom walks up and flourishes his cloak and- I am a gleeman. Says, I managed to convince the captain you aren't crazy, and that it was part of your training. That fool stunt of yours sliding down the rope helped, but you're lucky you didn't break your fool neck. And Ryan's like, what are you talking about? And he looks up at the mask and goes, oh my god. Holy shit, what the fuck? I was all the way up there. Oh, what the fuck was I doing?
2: Yeah, what the fuck were you doing? What drugs did you take?
1: I didn't know you had such a good head for heights, lad. Don't take anything Florin Gelb gives you. We might be able to play in Ileon or Abu Dar or even Tyr. People in the big cities in the south like tightrope walkers and slackwire artists. And Rand is like, waha. No, we're gonna do Tarvalon. Fuck that. We're not doing. We have to go to Tarvalon, right? I'm not doing going back up there. And Tom says, At the moment, lad, but tomorrow, who knows? That's the way with a Gleeman's life. Since I have you down under the air, we'll work on the triple crossover. So it seems like Tom is actually kind of interested in having them actually be his apprentices.
2: Well, they're not terrible. No. But they are terrible in terms of they're dumb.
1: Rand's gaze drifted to the top of the mast, and he shivered. What's happening to me? Light, what? He had to find out. He had to get to Tar before he really did go mad.
2: It's puberty.
1: And that's the end of chapter 24. Chapter 25, Allie, The Traveling People. This is the logo. Ah.
2: What's this? Uh, it's little leaves.
1: It's some leaves. It is uh, a Perrin chapter. Yes. We had our time with Rand. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. We're done now. Mm-hmm. Will we ever see Total him again? No. Have you seen him since? No. He is, of course not. <laughs> this is definitely not just an extended bit. Uh, Rand who? Jordan forgot about him. Okay. Uh, just like Ewan. Rand. Ran, brand's uh, not here. Perrin, he's got Bella, the, the one and only. Bella! There's, there's wolves with them, and Bella's like, all right, whatever, I'll just go with it, I that guess. That is
2: a very chill horse, because any other horse would be bolting.
1: She rolled her eyes at them from time to time, showing white all the way around, indicated she felt nothing of the sort about being chill. But she's acting like she's chill. Sort
2: of, Yeah. She's Egwene, nervous.
1: Egwene is the same. She's like, I'm totally fine. What the fuck? That's a big ass wolf. Holy shit. Wolves are huge. They're massive.
2: Ma- Did I ever tell you that my parents got got like followed by one for like miles? Fuck that. Yeah. I never told you that. No. My mom and stepdad were out with the dogs, all three of them. They have two big black labs and a tiny white Maltese. And the Maltese likes to go on hikes with the big dogs. So out hiking and all of a sudden, this wolf starts following them. And my mom, of course, picks up the tiny dog and, like, puts it over, like, puts it on top of her head. And they just, like, keep walking because, like, what else do you do? And, like, made as much noise as humanly possible. But the wolf stalked them, my mom said, for, like, two miles. No.
1: Get the fuck out. Yeah.
2: Get the fuck out. No thanks. My parents have terrible luck with wild animals wasn't
1: she attacked by a moose once yes
2: my mom and the dogs were attacked by a moose
1: that's not good <laughs> uh the nature is telling them the nature them, doesn't Get the fuck want out. them there uh okay so
2: um you know what come to think of it i've been attacked by a lot of creatures as well yeah maybe my family just is hated by nature
1: <laughs> there's only a few wolves with them the rest is quite a ways away uh, Egwene is, like, looking around to see if she can find the rest of them, and she gets pissed at Perrin whenever Perrin's like, there's, are you worried about Just Stop looking. They're not around. She's like, I'm not looking for anything! And she continues furtively glancing around. Uh, denied being afraid of the wolves that paced them, denied worrying about the rest of the pack or what it was up to. She denied and went right on looking. The rest of the pack was far distant. He could have told her that. What good, even if she believed me, especially if she did. He was of no mind to open that basket of snakes, which was just a weird little stand-in for barrel of monkeys, but okay, Uh, until he had to. You know what I love to keep in my
2: baskets? Snakes. Snakes.
1: So Perrin can now sense where the other wolves are. Weird. Great. He never looked around when Dapple Hopper and Wind appeared, but he knew, too. I know.
2: I don't know if any of you growing up read Julie of the Wolves, but, like, when I was a kid, Julie, like... She got lost in the, I think it was, like, Alaskan wilderness. I haven't read this book in a million years. And she got, like, a, basically adopted by a pack of wolves and, like, lived with them. And I was like, that is, like, the dream. <laughs> As a I kid. I think it is. That was the dream. Yeah, well, maybe. It's absolutely the dream to be able to, like, because commu- eventually she kind of Jane Goodall's it and starts learning how to communicate with them. And they, like, get her food and she survives. And then she's got this special connection with the wolves. And I was like, oh, sign me up.
1: <laughs> uh they wake up the next morning only dapper dapper um dapple hopper dapper. and Winder around and they look at elias like so and elias is like no no all of them are you know around they're just not close and parent is like oh yeah they're over that away and then he's like fuck oh that's so
2: weird does he think that to himself or does he say it out loud he
1: thinks it to himself
2: and so it begins
1: He's uh he's eating he's biting into rabbit by the way as he thinks this and he gets an idea that they're over there he goes oh of course that's where they and he's like oh shit and I think either he's thinking oh god I can sense where the wolves are or secondarily oh fuck they killed these rabbits and brought them back to to us to have for breakfast that's so weird
2: uh, why not both
1: yeah maybe so they start riding heading on out continuing on towards wherever they're going. Egwene, they're going to
2: open a restaurant if it's going to be called the Wolf Den.
1: Egwene keeps insisting that everyone take turns riding Bella and Elias Materia is like, absolutely fucking not. Thank you. She does not want that. Neither do I. And Egwene's like, no, you have to take your turn. And he's like, N- I'm not talking about this anymore.
2: Oh, my God. Egwene was me on the playground. <laughs> So uh, irritating. <laughs>
1: were you insisting everybody got to turn on the swings?
2: Yes, I was the worst.
1: You were the lawful good one?
2: I, no, no, actually, I'm definitely more of a Matt Cawthon, because I would get everyone to start playing tag when we weren't allowed to play tag, and then they would all get in trouble, and I'd walk away like I didn't know what was happening.
1: Just turn around, blow something up, walk away without looking at the explosions, yeah. well, that's you? Yeah, yeah. They head east for uh, several days... They rarely see the wolves, sometimes they do, and uh, the wolves stay hidden most of the time. Perrin can always tell where they are though, like exactly where they are, which he doesn't like very much. Um, but he does notice that he has not had a single dream about Baalzaman since the wolves started popping into his head. Oh. Which is quaint.
2: Interesting. Maybe the wolf like language is crowding out. All the dreams, or something. maybe well, when, maybe while he's uploading, he's not available. He's having
1: normal dreams,
2: except for one thing. Mm.
1: What is the one weird thing in every dream? The wolves are in them. There is a wolf in every dream he has.
2: Right, while he's uploading, he's not available to new data.
1: Always the wolf's back was to him, and always he knew, even in the dreams, in the dreams it seemed the normal course of things, even at Alsbet Luhan's dinner table, that the wolf's yellow eyes were watching for what might come, guarding against what might come.
2: Oh, they're protecting him. Yeah, they're
1: protecting his dreams. In his
2: dreams, what good boys and girls. And days. <laughs>
1: uh, they are. There can be non-binary wolves. Absolutely. They're conti- why not? They're continuing uh, along towards wherever they're going. Camelon, I guess.
2: non boundary Like, bow-wow. Non-bounery. I'm working on it. Yeah. Okay? They can't You're all be fine. bangers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not everything could be non pinary
2: non pinary is the best joke I've ever made. <laughs> uh,
1: that is a joke from the main series of episodes. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about uh, it. You'll
2: get there. Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah.
1: So they continue heading east, then all of a sudden a bunch of mastiffs bust out of the trees.
2: Non-ponery.
1: A bunch of, ma- <laughs> a bunch of mastiffs bust out of the trees. And uh, Bella's like, I'm, uh, I'm done. I'm fucking done. No, thank you. We've had enough. I'm already stressed out. This is good. Um,
2: Bella's and, like, I've reached my maximum capacity for stress. Thank you very much. I'm not available for more.
1: Perrin's got his sling whirling with a rock. He's like, I'm not going to get fucking killed by a dog today.
2: He's like, I'm motherfucking David. And
1: Elias Where's is like, my well, guys, no, 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 no. Chill out. It's all fine parents is like, these are big ass dogs barking at us. And you're saying it's fine. Um, and then Elias whistles at the dogs and they just chill the fuck out and are freaking like shying away from him. And then Ooh, uh, what's going on? And then they just lie down and start wagging their tails. Aww. and Elias is like, see, and Elias is like, see, it's fine. they just they're not going to do anything to us. They're just here to freak us out and make us leave. Because,
2: well, let's see, though, some people misunderstand that dog wagging their tails, this might save a life someday, who knows, mm-hmm, doesn't necessarily mean that they are friendly.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: Because what tail wags mean is a heightened state of emotion. You want to watch what side they're wagging to. And they're, yeah, there's a study that says that if they wag more to the right, it's more friendly.
1: Hmm. Mm hmm.
2: All right. And, and, I've been doing a lot of research. And, and, um, you want to look at their, the other signs. Like, if their hair is sticking up, that kind of stuff. Well, Elias
1: knows for a fact that these dogs were not going to bite them.
2: Well, I'm just saying, I'm Beca- just saying. I,
1: no, no, I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just bringing it back to the book. Because, what? Who do they belong to? What is the title of the chapter? Oh, fuck. The Traveling People.
2: Oh, they're the... Tinkers
1: Tinkers to off on traveling people, the nonviolent gang, the mm-hmm. nonviolent crew, the we don't hurt people folk, the, the hippies. the no ouchy good bads. Um <laughs>
2: the no ouchy good bads. Yeah.
1: Uh the oucher doodles. And what does Perrin immediately say? Fuck the tinkers. Bunch of racist bullshit. He goes, "Tinkers, I've always wanted to see the tinkers. They camp across the river from Terran Ferry sometimes. Actually, I'm sorry. It's not Perrin who says the race is shit. It's Egwene who says the race is shit.
2: Oh, Egwene. They
1: don't come down into the two rivers as far as I know. I don't know why not. And Egwene goes, (sighs) Probably because the Terran fairy folk are as great thieves as the Tinkers. They'd no doubt end up stealing each other blind. Master Elias, if there really are Tinkers close by, shouldn't we go on? We don't want Bella stolen. And, well, we do not have much else. But everybody knows Tinkers will steal anything. Wow. And he goes... Including children.
2: That's some hard... Wow.
1: Including infants.
2: Moraine leaves and all of a sudden it's racism (laughs) city with you, girlfriend.
1: He goes, including infants, kidnap children, all that. And she's like, I maybe have overdone it a little bit. He goes, the tinkers make me sick sometimes. Call them out. But they don't steal any more than most folks. They make them sick? Yes, we can talk about that It
2: annoys him.
1: A good bit less than some, I know. And Perrin is like, can we go stay at their, with, can we just stay with them? That'd be okay. I mean, sure. Mistress Lujan had a tinker-mended pot that she claimed was better than new. Master Lujan was not too happy about his wife's praise of the tinker work, but Perrin wanted to see how it was done. And Elias that is like... That is
2: a little shady to be praising someone else's pot. when your, husband, your is husband a
1: fucking blacksmith. Yeah, smith. that's
2: what I'm saying. That's a little shady.
1: And P- Elias is like, I don't really wanna do that.
2: They definitely had a fight over that later.
1: Yeah. And Elias eventually me. is like, may as well. Just don't pay any mind to what they say. Lots of foolishness. Most times the traveling people do things any which way, but there's times they set a store by formality. So you do what I do and keep your secrets. No need to tell the world everything. And they're like, yeah, well, us, tell people things? We came up with a great lie against you that one time.
2: <laughs> I was going
1: to say, these kids are doomed. So, uh... uh <laughs> They walk in and tell me about Tinker Wagons, Allie. They're super colorful. Extraordinarily colorful. Reds and blues and yellows and greens. Um,
2: Just boho maximalism everywhere you go.
1: And so they're like, wow, Tinkers, this is going to be wild and crazy. What are the Tinkers doing?
2: Um, na- dancing. Not yet. That. Oh, freaked out.
1: Worried. They're just chilling. Oh. They're just like mopping. So
2: neither of the things I they're said. They're
1: doing neither of the things you said. They're just hanging out. Okay. They're like taking care of business, going about their day to day, people playing flutes.
2: They're just people jokes. I'm sorry.
1: Some people are dancing. Um, you know
2: what? People have a problem with folks that just vibe.
1: And also, to your earlier point, when they notice Elias Perrin and Egwene, they do all stop and they like, oh, shit. What?
2: Well, when you're peaceful okay. people, other people can be dicks.
1: And a guy walks up and he goes, here, welcome to our fires. Do you know the song? after bowing to them in a particular fashion. Is it WAP? It might be WAP. And Elias bows the same exact way, and he goes, You're welcome, warms my spirit, Mahdi, as your fires warm the flesh. But I do not know the song. And the guy goes, and Then we seek still, as it was, so shall it be, if we but remember, seek, and find. The meal is almost ready. Join us, please. And then everyone just starts vibing again. Nice. So the tinkers are just vibing all the time, basically.
2: Also, this feels um, like a reference to how Romani people are treated yeah. in some countries. Oh,
1: absolutely. 100%. They are, are a migrant caravanning people who are widely uh, perceived to be, to like kidnap children.
2: And steal. That is exactly,
1: ex- got to be a one-to-one reference it's gotta to that. It's got to be a
2: one-to-one. To
1: that, uh, to those prejudices. Oh, definitely. 100%. Um,
2: I believe there was a horrible story at one point of like some Romani people who had a blonde child and the government accused them of stealing that child. Oh
1: my God, that's terrible. And like took
2: that child away. Do you until, know
1: where well, that was?
2: Not sure which country. Maybe, and I don't want to accuse.
1: No, it's, it's I, an anecdote.
2: But I believe there was a very famous case much more recently than you'd hope.
1: That seems to be the way with stuff like that. It's always much more recent than you want it to yeah, be.
2: Yeah, it was it was maybe like I, I'm just speculating like the 80s. Horrible. I want to say, I don't know. It was it was not long enough ago for my comfort. The uh, the the traveling
1: people are really hoping that the wolves will stay away and Elias is like, "Don't worry about that. They for sure will."
0: Mhm.
2: Ah. It was Ireland. In 2013. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Yep. Irish police returned blonde girl to Roma family. They thought it couldn't have been hers.
1: Wow. Damn. Oh, that's bad.
2: They thought they stole that child. Not a cute look.
1: So tell me a little bit about the, uh, the, uh we get to the Tinker area, um... This guy's name is not Mahdi. It's his title. His name is...
2: Oh, and apparently it's not the first time that's happened. Oh,
1: boy. (laughs) This guy's name is not Mahdi. That's his title.
2: I'm I'm laughing because it's horrible. It is horrible. And I'm uncomfortable. Anyway, continuing on.
1: is the seeker. Uh, Egwene goes, tell me about this song thing. And he goes, they're wandering around looking for a song. I don't know. That's their thing. That's their shtick. What, would they know the song if they found it? I don't think so, probably not, but that's what they're doing. They're wandering around, looking for a damn song. Hmm. They say they lost it during the breaking of the world, and if they can find it again, the paradise of the age of legends will return. They don't even know what the song is. They claim they'll know it when they find it. (laughs) They don't know how it's supposed to bring paradise either, but they've been looking near to 3,000 years. I expect they'll be looking until the wheel stops turning.
2: Or until a special dragon boy can bring it to them. I don't know. I'm just speculating wildly.
1: Rain's wife, Isla, shows up, uh, and she's really nice.
2: Because I'm just assuming that by the end of these 15 books, they'll find that frickin' song. Maybe. I'm just assuming. I don't know.
1: They're really nice or to Egwene I? and Perrin. They want them to warm up and eat food. They're very grandmotherly, grandparent-ish, right? Mm-hmm. It's very fun. Uh,
2: Egwene should immediately feel bad about being a racist asshole ten minutes ago.
1: A a young, thin boy walks up to the fire and he hugs Rain and Isla. And then he kind of takes a glance at Elias and the Emmons Fielders. And his name is Aram.
2: Mm -hmm. And he takes one look at Egwene and goes, hello.
1: And Egwene, uh, 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 Isla goes, well, Aram, you've decided to eat with your old grandparents for a change, have you? Her smile slid over to Egwene as she bent to stir a kettle hanging over <laughs> the cook fire.
2: She knows what's up. I wonder why. <laughs> and he just
1: walks up to Egwene and he, and he uh, squats down and he goes, I'm Aram. He no longer seemed aware that anyone was there except her. I've waited for the first rose of spring and now I find it at my grandmother's fire. Whoa. And like, oh, she is going to. She's going to give him shit for that
2: Line. one.
1: But then he, he looks at her, and, and she's just like, oh, hello. And Perrin's like, oh, shit. He's kind of hot, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. OK. Oh, fuck. You know who he reminds me of? Will Alcine. He's the village hot boy. He's the village hotman from Devon Ride. Will courted every girl in sight and managed to convince every one of them that he was just being polite to all the others.
2: And his line is, do you want to go on a Devon ride?
1: (laughs) Uh, And Perrin just goes... It's right there. So you got some big-ass fucking dogs here, I see. Big fucking dogs around, right? Hello, I'm Perrin.
2: What? (laughs) What is this conversation starter?
1: Uh... And Aram just, he's, he's trying to be like, please stop flirting with my friend who is basically betrothed to my other friend. Oh, whatever. Aram goes, they will not harm you. They make a show to frighten away danger and warn us, but they're trained according to the way of the leaf. And Egwene goes, what's that? Because we needed more exposition in this book. Give us a rundown on the way of the leaf. All though. right.
2: Basically, you can't do any harm. You can't
1: hurt anything ever. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. The leaf lives its appointed time and does not struggle against the wind that carries it away. The leaf does no harm and finally falls to nourish new leaves. So it should be with all men and women, he says to Egwene specifically. Oh
2: my god.
1: Perrin goes, what the fuck is, what the fuck is that?
2: This boy is horny.
1: It means no man should harm another for any reason whatsoever. And then Rain glances at, uh...
2: And then, of course, everyone's got to start
1: challenging this belief. Elias and Rand goes, there is no excuse for violence. None. Not ever. And Perrin goes, what what if somebody attacks you?
2: See, and I feel like this is kind of the equivalent of me going up to somebody and being like, devil's advocate. Like, how could the world flood in seven days?
1: Which element of this is devil's advocacy?
2: Me being the jerk that's like, I'm going to challenge your belief system. Perrin or? Perrin's kind of being a jerk here, I feel like. I think, I think, I think he's got some valid points. I mean, he's got valid points, but like, obviously, these people have devoted their lives to a cause. Well, I should,
1: I, I am layering in scorn where there is none in Perrin's words. Um, Perrin just says, what does it also, mean?
2: I have my own issues with the Tinkers, so. What if somebody
1: attacks you? What if somebody hits you or tries to rob you or kill you? Which I think is a valid question. Rain goes, if a man hit me, I would ask him why he wanted to do such a thing. If he still wanted to hit me, I would run away. As I would if he wanted to rob or kill me. Much better that I let him take what he wanted, even my life, than that I should do violence. And I would hope that he was not harmed too greatly.
2: By Her- hitting, by, I hope that my face yeah. didn't hurt you when you punched That's what it.
1: Parent, parents, you just said you wouldn't hurt him. And he goes, I would not. But violence harms the one who does it as much as the one who receives it. You could cut down a tree with your axe. The axe does violence to the tree and escapes unharmed. Is that how you see it? Wood is soft compared to steel, but the sharp steel is dulled as it chops, and the sap of the tree will rust and pit it. The mighty axe does violence to the helpless tree and is harmed by it. So it is with men, though the harm is in the spirit. Perrin's like, I'm sorry, can we go back? I'm confused. And Elias is like, we're done talking about this. I'm not doing this anymore. It's
2: a nice philosophy. Um, just maybe we're at the wrong time period for it.
1: And Elias turns to Rain and goes, Rain, it's bad enough you're trying to convert village younglings to that nonsense. It gets you in trouble almost everywhere you go, doesn't it? But I didn't bring this lot here for you to work on them. Leave over. And then they're like, so you can lead them on a life of violence?
2: Okay. Nah, we're getting into indoctrination and I don't like that.
1: Will you teach them your way to kill or die? Will you lead them to the fate you seek for yourself? Dying alone with only the ravens and your friends to squabble over your body. And then Rain is like, Let's stop Jesus. talking about politics.
2: Jesus. And Elias is like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Eli- I don't think Elias kills all that often.
1: He kills animals a lot, and they're not into that.
2: Oh, that's true.
1: Um So I don't think there's any good guys here. I think that they are honestly just answering parents' questions, right? Mm-hmm. I guess they're the closest thing to good guys in this situation. Yeah. But then they also immediately start hammering on Elias for being a wildernessman.
2: Excuse me, he's a wilderness explorer.
1: He is, and he hangs out with wolves all the time, which seems pretty chill for him. What do you think about The Way of the Leaf? What do you think about The Way of the Leaf? What do you think about um, uh, Elias, th- this interaction? What do you think about Aram having just met the local hotman?
2: Well, Aram- a is horny,
1: period. Fucking horny boy.
2: What? Okay, I don't trust young men who ha- who come up with lines like that.
1: No, that's a good line.
2: Because he's used that line before. Yes. Like, if they come up with them that fast, I'm suspicious. I'm suspicious of anyone who's got good game. hmm Who has good game? No one. No one has good game unless you've practiced. And in which case, you can go practice somewhere else. But... uh Oh, what's the other thing? Was he? Okay, so that's my opinion on Abram. He seems a little scuzzy. But I'm happy for Egwene because at this point, she needs to get out of her small podunk town and she needs to break up with Grant because it's just not a love connection, right? Sure. Nothing wrong with that. You can, you know what? Just turkey drop your high school boyfriend, okay? And then-
1: I thought it was turkey toss. when you When you break up with your high school boyfriend your first Thanksgiving in college-
2: It's one of the two, but regardless. Okay. So, mm, okay. So The Way of the Leaf, like I said, nice philosophy, maybe not a good time for it. You know, seems like violence is already kind of starting. Probably will get worse because there's 15 books. Likely. Um, And good for Elias for standing up for himself because I don't really like this whole like, I believe this, so I'm going to force it on you. But I don't like it in the reverse either. Like, if they want to be nonviolent, that's chill.
1: Elias starts uh, kind of pushing back on Rain a little bit. He's like, stop indoctrinating people. And Rain is like, well, we just answer questions. If they want to come with us, it's their choice. And he's like, you know as well as I do that a lot of people are like, where did my impressionable young child go? Where did my teenage son or daughter go? Oh, they ran off with the Tinkers. I hate the Tinkers. So, like, maybe ease up a little bit. Okay? Because Villages are put up are not doing a lot
2: your- for your PR.
1: Cities don't want to put up with that shit, so, like, chill out a little bit. And Rain's like, oh, we don't go to cities, there's too many violent people there. We don't want to know anything about that, we're not going to find the song there. And Perrin goes, uh, 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 Perrin has this nice middle ground well, thing how here. do you
2: know? Maybe you've been looking for 3,000 years because you don't go to the place that it is.
1: I don't mean to offend you, Seeker, but, well, I don't look for violence. I don't think I've ever wrestled anybody in years, except for feast day games. But if somebody hit me, I'd hit them back. If I didn't, I'd just be encouraging him to think he could hit me whenever he wanted to. Some people think they can take advantage of others, and if you don't let them know they can't, they'll just go around bullying anybody weaker than they are.
2: And that's on boundaries. And
1: Aram goes, <laughs> some people can never overcome their baser instincts. And he kind of looks at Perrin, like, sadly. It's a little condescending.
2: Yeah. You know, he feels like like the pastor's son
1: And Perrin, to me. Perrin looks at Aram, he goes... I'll bet you get to run away a lot. What? I bet people punch you in the fucking face all the time.
2: Uh- <laughs> That's so shady. Perrin
1: goes, or Egwene goes, I think it's interesting to meet someone who doesn't believe his muscles can solve every problem. And Aram is like, you want me to show you around? I'll show you the camp. It'll be great. We can dance.
2: Egwene, shut up.
1: <laughs> she goes, I'd like that. And Isla's like, no, we're eating now. Aram is like, no. And then... he. Pulls Egwene away, and they're, they're going to go explore the camp and eat with his mom. And and he flashed a triumphant smile at Perrin. Egwene was laughing as they ran, and Perrin is like, what the f- what is happening? Okay, she's fine. We're in this pacifist camp. She'll be fine. He wants to tinker her pot. I, he kind of does. Um, how do Rain and Isla feel about their grandson? Because Perrin starts apologizing for being brusque with him, and they're like, no, 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 no.
2: He deserves it. He's,
1: he's, he's, he's working on some shit. He's He's a bit of a shithead. He's a troubled young man. He's a good boy, but sometimes I think he finds the way of the leaf a hard way. Some do, I fear. They sit down. Perrin asks the fair question. So what do you do if you can't stick with it? Like what happens to you as a tinker? You you gotta leave. The Lost go to live in the villages. Capital L Lost, by the way. The Lost cannot be happy. They say, and parents are like, oh, depressing. I will eat this stew now. Thank you.
2: Wait, what if you hit somebody, and then you're like, my bad. And then you come back. I
1: think if you... And then you
2: hit somebody, and then you're like, my bad. I think if
1: you succumb to the urge to do violence to another person, you're out.
2: Okay. You You get one chance? I
1: think. I mean, it seems pretty binary.
2: What if you're seven?
1: I bet they're a little more lenient with children. Okay. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't have not yet heard uh, to this point firm rules about that um cuz i'm
2: like sometimes seven year olds hit each other
1: so everyone chats rain wishes that elias would you know follow the way of the leaf um they well, also- yeah, but if
2: you've already done violence like then what happens can if you uh, didn't start way of the leaf you can become way of the leaf even though you did violence i think you can
1: convert to it i don't know if you can born again way of the leaf but mm.
2: So it's not like your virginity where you get the do-over? Uh,
1: uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm really not sure. It seems to be really, really strict and only they know the rules. I'm just always looking for loopholes. For sure. I'm sure there are some. Um, we're, we're in book one and as you know, there's some very soft rules in book one mm-hmm. at times. Uh, Rain says, hey, by the way, heard a story from some other tinkers and uh, there was some of the people, is what they call themselves, the Tinkers, uh, crossing the Waste by a northern route. And Perrin's like, you guys were in the Aiel Waste? The big fucking desert on the other side of the mountains, on the other side of the continent? And Elias goes, some people can enter the Waste without being bothered. Gleaming peddlers, if they're honest. The Tuathon cross the Waste all the time. Merchants from Kyrian used to before the tree in the Aiel War. Here's some more words. Apparently the Aiel just kind of watched the Tinkers from a distance... And don't come close to them. Anyway, so, so there were some tinkers crossing the Aiel Waste. Uh,
2: and the Aeol are the people that Rand looks like.
1: They're the people that Rand looks like, apparently, they're also the desert people. They're kind of like Irish-looking desert people.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Um, also, Rand goes on this tangent about how he wonders if the Aiel might know the song, because Aiel boys sing... Um, They sing over the dead and stuff and yada, yada, yada. And then Perrin is like, huh, you guys are actually pretty ballsy to just hang out in the ale waste, I guess. Um, And Rain goes back to it. And and, uh, do you remember the gist of this uh, story?
2: Uh, Remind me. Start talking and I'll finish it.
1: So these tinkers found um, some young women isle warriors, which is apparently a thing. So cool. They're called Maidens of the Spear. So ice my.
2: so cool. Okay. Uh,
1: they had apparently gone up to the Blight to fight Trollocs. Okay. And they were all dead except one of them, and she crawled up to the wagons and she uh she passed on this message. She by the way she the apparently they were going up to the Blight to fight Trollocs. Trollocs came south from the Blight hundred miles into the Waste, and Elias is like bullshit. Why would they ever do that? They call the Isle Waste the Dying Ground. What a terrible thing. Why would they come down there? Perrin is like, you know a lot about Trollocs. And then he goes like, anyway, continue talking. <laughs> uh, well, yeah,
2: because the wolves don't like them. So you would think that he learned a lot about them. You got to know your enemy.
1: So she, she grabs this Isle maiden, grabs the seeker of this group by his coat and goes, Leaf blither means to blind the eye of the world, lost one. He means to slay the Great Serpent, Warn the people, lost one. Sightburner comes, tell them to stand ready for he who comes with the dawn. Tell them. And then she just dies. Wow. And apparently Blighter and Sightburner mean the Dark One. And they're like, how strange. They called us Lost Ones. That's
2: Yeah, weird. I was going to say, that's weird. I forgot about this story.
1: Yeah, so Blighter is going to blind the eye of the world and kill the Great Serpent and all this stuff. That sounds bad. That sounds bad. It seems like the most important thing to her was to pass on this message.
2: Okay, who should they pass it to?
1: They're just telling everybody. Let them know. Yeah, and we t- let it make it be known. And Elias is like, sounds like she was rambling, and that sounds like bullshit.
2: Okay, we don't need to be rude. They're just telling you what she told you th- them to tell you.
1: Perrin tries to figure it out. He's like, well, I've heard the phrase eye of the world in my dreams a couple of times, but like, I don't know. I don't know. This is weird. This is weird. Also, i women fight people? That's cool. That's yes. something.
2: So cool. Yes. So into it. And then Love e- that. Egwene
1: comes back and Perrin hops up and goes, You've been gone a long time. Did you have fun?
2: I made out a bit. <laughs>
1: Uh, probably not, but she does go, we ate with his mother, and then we danced
2: and laughed.
1: It seems like forever since I danced, and Perrin is like, he's a big old Inappropriate.
2: Inappropriate. He
1: reminds me of Will Alcine. He always had sense enough not to let Will put you in his pocket. She goes, Aram is a gentle boy who is fun to be with. He makes me laugh. And Perrin's like, okay, I'm sorry. And he
2: gives me pants feelings.
1: I'm glad you had a good time. And then she throws her arms around him and starts sobbing.
2: Very big heel turn.
1: He goes, I told you I'm sorry, Gwen. I'm glad you had fun. She goes, Tell me they're
2: alive. Oh man. The others, tell me they're alive. Who cares about Nine Eve? Fuck Nine Eve, I guess.
1: <laughs> and he goes, They are alive. She says, Good. That's what I wanted to hear. Good night, Perrin. Sleep well. And she kisses him on the cheek and goes off to sleep. And she talks to Isla, the grandmother. In the distant night, the wolves howled the first thin sliver of the new moon toward the horizon, and he shivered. Tomorrow would be time enough to worry about the wolves again. He was wrong. They were waiting to greet him in his dreams.
2: Ooh. And that's the end
1: of chapter 25. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you're not joining us for the spoiler section, you can jump ahead to the epilogue thing where I say the stuff you hear me say every episode. Otherwise,
2: it's a spoiler, babies. Spoiler,
1: spoiler, 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 spoiler. Spoil spoil Welcome to the Spoilympics. I would sing the theme and immediately get sued. Uh, where we talk about things that are spoilers. Allie. Yes. There's a bunch of shit in this chapter. Yeah. There's a bunch of shit. First of all, Tuck. Rand's dream at the top of the chapter stairways, archways going up and down, ramps, platforms hanging in midair, bridges. Where is he? Talairn Riyad. Kind of. Be oh, more specific.
2: Not Talairn Riyad.
1: Be more specific.
2: Is there more specific than T'l-Ire and Riyad?
1: There's another realm thing. Oh,
2: oh, oh. It's not the Ways. It's in
1: the way. It's absolutely the Ways. Oh, maybe. It's 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 exactly how the Ways are described but later the in the books. But
2: the Ways are in
1: You Riyad. There's probably a reflection of Riad Riyad, the Ways in Talairn Riyad, uh, right? Maybe, actually, that's probably something that could be discussed at length. Ah. But he's asleep, and he is certainly in something that looks a hell of a lot like the Ways. So either Baalzaman, Ishi, um, I can say that again, it's so hard not to call him Ishi. Either Ishi made a fake the Ways, or something, but certainly seems like it.
2: Something, but he was definitely peeved that Rand stumbled upon him at what, the yeah. wrong time. What the
1: fuck is this? Like, he can control, as far as we can tell, Ishi can control this realm, Well,
2: Rand is stronger than him, right?
1: Not necessarily. I think they're about one one to one.
2: Well, maybe he's not used to... Maybe this isn't the kind of magic he excels at.
1: Dream magic? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, he seems to really like using Talair and Riyadh through books one, two, and three.
2: That's true. Until he
1: fucking dies.
2: Or he's not used to... He's out of practice dealing with someone who's as strong as he is. Could be.
1: Well, Rand's still larval, right?
2: Yeah, but he was under a lot of stress. Sure.
1: I just think it's funny that he chooses to be like chasing Rand through a maze when he could just do the thing again where he's like, hello, welcome to my parlor, drink my creepy wine, flame face.
2: Well, I think he's trying what's called tactic shifts. Sure. But they're all the same tactic.
1: Yeah, the tactic all boils down to serve me or die and also die.
2: Yes, but to him, uh, this is tactic shifts because it's different kinds of death.
1: True. I I suppose you're right. Mm -hmm. That is a fair point.
2: He's like, I have a cornucopia of death options.
1: <laughs> uh, and maybe, still Maybe that's sucks. why
2: he was so surprised, because Rand is larval stage, but he was able to kind of like bust out.
1: Yeah, because whenever Rand thinks this is a dream, he's able to manipulate where he is within the dream, which is, I mean, Perrin can do that against Slayer later, right? Mm-hmm. But you got to think that Ishii is like trying to control the entire area.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. So he was surprised. He was genuinely surprised. Rand screwed up his little production. They'd been rehearsing for weeks. Their sits probe took forever. That's a little theater reference for you.
1: Tower of Genji, book one.
2: Tower of Genji.
1: Why do you think uh, there were
2: a few things? Tower of Genji. Tower of
1: Genji. The the fucking elephant. The Elephants, oh, yeah, the elephant, the, the mammoth, and the yeah, uh, giraffes, st- uh, yeah, all the stuff skeletons. in Tanchico. The the, the and statue, the, on, Arc. the statue on Tremalking. You recognize that? No, he said, There is buried on Tremalking a giant hand oh, holding oh. up a globe,
2: oh. a right? Crystal right, right, sphere. right, right, And then there was another thing,
1: I think there were a few other things. Um,
2: there were a few moments where I looked at you and went, Oh, but then I didn't write them down. And now I've forgotten. Koramor. That's it. The Koramor. Mm-hmm.
1: I like that Domon is a smuggler pirate who is also just like, dude, I love adventure. I mean, I'm all about it. Let's go see the world.
2: Why else would you become a smuggler? You know right? who
1: wouldn't be like that? Well, I guess the money. fucking smuggler in book five. Nerim oh, yeah, or whatever. He
2: sucks. Neris. 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 Clown. Yeah. I only remember because it's like the makeup brand. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh,. What else? I feel like there was more in here, but I can't think of anything else that we need to talk about. Rand channeling sickness, of course, um, sliding down the, the the thing, Tom actively teaching them. What, what else? Anything
2: else? Dagger. The beginning the dagger. of my yeah, beginning frustration of with Matt. Oh my god! Yeah, we're into. I'm just coming out of it, and now I'm being reminded of how much I hated him early. Books. We're well into getting into Dagger
1: Matt now, and
2: Dagger Mat is such a. I was like, I'm against stressful banking. thing for him. I'm against spanking, but I might make an exception for this kid. Hmm. <laughs> he uh he fucked up. He fucks up so hard, quite badly. And then Rand going, "Yeah, I won't tell anyone." I was immediately. Like, well, it's that two rivers loyalty, right? Oh, exhausting. Dang.
1: Stubbornness and loyalty.
2: I would have turned around to you immediately and gone, "Oh my god, guess what Matt has?" <laughs> and then you would have been like, "Ali, that's like so not okay. That's like so not okay that he has that. I have to tell somebody." And I'd be like, "No, it's a secret. We decided to keep a secret." And he's like, "Well, I didn't. I didn't decide to keep a secret. This is really dangerous. This is how it would go between Probably. me and Gus."
1: How do you feel about Tom uh, actively being like, "Yeah, fuck going to the White Tower for too long. We're gonna get out of there. We're gonna. You're gonna be a tightrope walker. I like that." Nod to oh,
2: book that was the other thing. Oh They love tightrope
1: walkers. They down love
2: tightrope walkers, and I'm like, they're gonna love a particular tightrope walker in spangly pants
1: in a tight pants. Although Abu Dar is much farther south than well, not that much farther south than they were. They were around Samara Saladar area. It's not that much farther south. So yeah. I'm sure he wasn't thinking to himself, there'll be a princess character and I'm going to put her in hot pants and make her walk a tightrope.
2: Well, he didn't make her do anything. That's true. That was all Val and Luca. That
1: was entirely Val and Luca. And also Elaine being like, yes, my butt looks fucking great.
2: She got those TikTok leggings.
1: She did get the TikTok leggings. Uh, look that one up. Um. <laughs> anyway, Everyone. Anything else on that one? This podcast is brought to you by TikTok Whatever leggings. Whatever TikTok leggings are. TikTok leggings. But. You know.
2: roost your butt.
1: <laughs> Anything else? No. All right, let's go on. Allie, chapter 25, The Traveling People. Aram is here. Good stuff. Thank God. Um, we love him. Do we? <sighs>
2: Well, hey, okay, so I don't know because I thought I did, and then all of a sudden it was creepy in a dream. Yeah. Well, I didn't love him at first because he's kind of a tit. He's a. He's but then a big he picked old, up the sword boy. and he seemed like kind of cool and like Perrin's little puppy dog.
1: And now he's kind of weird and kind of creepy. Well,
2: there was like a creepy thing where he was like creeping toward Perrin yeah, and and, like, death and horror
1: and demise and badness. Was but it all had to do with Radiating him. off of him, yeah.
2: So what? What happens?
1: Something must, or maybe nothing
2: does. Gus, please don't do this. There today. are plot
1: lines that just kind of like wander off and never get resolved.
2: Oh, there's no way. There's no way they would tease this and then not follow up. Maybe. So it's interesting too because three guys like Egwene. Three guys like Egwene: Galad, Galad, Aram. Oh yeah. Well, she's cool. So what happens, Aram? What's going on in that head? Why are you bad? What happens? Do you get mad at Perrin for some reason? Was killing not all you thought it was going to be? Did it not solve your problems? Do you need the therapy, Aja? Aram, hey, what's going on?
1: We talk Let's about talk it out. How cute it is that the wolves are just standing sentinel in Perrin's dreams.
2: So cute. That is so cool.
1: There is a, por- a point later, by the way where uh, Perrin is having a dream and there's a wolf by the hearth and then Balzaman shows up in the dream and the wolf like stands up and Balzaman's like that's really cute and then he incinerates the wolf. No. Yeah. Less cute. But it's nice that it seems to be working for now.
2: Oh, and if you die in the dream you die in real life. So that wolf No, you really die, die forever. When you die in the
1: dream. You don't die in real life if you're a wolf who has died in the real world and then gone into Riyadh, so and you die into Lairnriad you die forever. Yeah.
2: That's so sad. No, it's a
1: huge depressing, huge depressing. I like that the Tinkers have big-ass scary dogs that they have trained to never hurt anybody. Let's talk a little bit about the Tinkers. Because this is the first time we have really hung out with the Tinkers in about a book, right? Since the Battle of Emmonsfield. And even then, we didn't see a ton of them. This is the first time we've really been, like, chilling with the Tinkers in Tinkertown.
2: Tinkertown! And they have
1: their Tinker Toys.
2: The little Tinker Toys. Yeah.
1: They're so cute. Um, The song... They're going to
2: find that thing.
1: What do you think the song is? Well,
2: I don't know. I think they should ask the Ogier.
1: That would line up. Because they've got the tree songs. That could be it. Could be the Aeol, no. The Aeol, if you go back to the Dachain Aeol, all the way back in the Age of Legends, they sing all the fucking time, right?
2: Whoever misplaced that song got in a lot of trouble.
1: Well, it's during the Exodus, right? I know, it's just easy. And I love uh, the the gradients of lostness that creep in there.
2: What if they find the song and it's really lame? Like it's just twinkle, twinkle, little star over and over again.
1: If if we lost happy birthday, I don't know what I'd do. What would we do
2: at birthdays? It'd be so awkward.
1: We just look at people and go, cut the cake. Cut it. (laughs) Cut the cake.
2: Saw it in half.
1: (laughs) What what else do we have here? Um,
2: Uh, Oh,
1: Will Elsine gets a shout out for being a big old flirt.
2: Yeah, he does. And then and Perrin holds it against him forever. And ban in his nose. Ban in his fucking nose. His fucking nose. And then oh what else? I just I can't stop thinking about what could be up with Arab. What does he do? Why is he so bad? Go ahead and theoretic. Well, us. apparently he's a troubled boy. He's a troubled boy, they say. But to the tinkers, like what does that really mean?
1: They think he doesn't really like the way of the leaf that much.
2: Well, no shit. He, uh, he literally, uh, it's so funny because he goes full pastors, pastor's son on this. And then just like a pastor's son, he jettisons that the minute he has a girlfriend and he can have sex. Right? But in
1: this case, it's the minute he has access to a sword and can kill stuff.
2: I'm just, I'm equating it to a yeah, real yeah, life yeah, comparison. Sure. Um, He's all about purity and till that belief is challenged and then and then that comes tumbling down like the walls of Jericho. Same deal here. Me um, he thinks Aram protests too much.
1: I appreciate that Jordan goes for nuance with the tinkers here cuz he kind of makes Elias come off like an asshole while he also makes everybody else come off as an asshole. Yeah. And parents is like I still don't understand how this actually makes practical sense well because
2: either way trying to force your beliefs on people makes you an yeah you shouldn't
1: do that don't do that let
2: people think what they're gonna think unless they're just absolutely wrong Th- that's a
1: good point there's always nuance in that
2: um, unless it's an actively harmful belief what else do we got in here I don't know I'm still thinking about what Aram could possibly do maybe he. Ha- maybe maybe someone shapeshifts into Aram like he kills them in the woods and then shapeshifts into him I don't know Maybe Slayer. Slayer can do stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe Aram gets mad at Perrin because he lost his family even though it was Aram's fault. Or maybe he falls in love with Faiu. Any
1: number of things.
2: Maybe he kills Faiu. Ugh. I don't know. I think Faiu dies. I think so. Because at some point he's got to h- hook up with Baralain.
1: Does he have to hook up with Baralain? I don't That's not know, on the table necessarily.
2: Okay, maybe not. Maybe not.
1: That they're going to fight over him. Doesn't mean he has to hook up with her.
2: Well, I don't know. I feel like Faiyel's won the fight, right? She's married to him. Maraline I feel like at that point you got to
1: back off. It's pretty clear she was not going to let that go. Find
2: another boyfriend. Yeah, but now it's a She's challenge. She's not nice to taste. She could find somebody else. Yeah,
1: but I think now she views it as a challenge, well, which is, by the way, that's one toxic. of the reasons people
2: <laughs> think Barrellane's a little problematic. That's a little toxic of you. Yeah. Uh... I don't know. I don't know. There's not enough clues. No, there's probably not. What Aram might do.
1: But from book one, he's a big old flirt. Yes. Anything else on uh, this chapter, or shall we progress? No. Well, then here's some music for our folks rejoining us. Thanks for listening. If you want to know what we're up to, check out the social media links down below. If you want to support us, we have a Patreon. patreon.com slash wheeltakes. And of course, you can always leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps get the word out there that we are people making a podcast. Other than that, anything else, Sally? I forgot how
2: infuriating Matt is.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you again for listening. This was Wheel Takes with Ali and Gus. Music by Alexander Nakarada.